Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we will take a deep dive into the NCFFL in all its glory, providing you, the GMs, the fans, hot takes and predictions sure to stir up controversy all along the fantasy football season. My name is Joe Norton, and along for the ride is Jared Campbell. Let's go! All right, welcome into week seven's episode of the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we will take a deep dive into last week's uh, matchups, but also look forward. Uh, the rundown today is going to be the recap, of course. I'm going to get into good, bad, ugly, boom or bust, do a little bit of an interview with a Mr. Chaz Post, GM of the Truth Earths. Uh, we're also going... Uh, we're going to do the episode, or excuse me, do the segment called You Make the Call, and then we'll end it up with the week seven matchups. My name is Joe Norton, and we got a Mr. Slip here again, filling in for Jared Campbell, who's still on assignment overseas across the pond. How you doing, bud? Doing well. Back for round two. I must have got a, a, a resounding uh, performance from the crowd. It must have given me great high remarks, and here I am, week two. Yeah, got a lot of positive reviews, couple texts on the side. Not going to lie, I thought it would happen. Saying, you know, you got to bring this guy back. I don't know if Jared needs to come back. Just keep him on the show. Uh, Might have a little bit of a controversy once Jared gets back. Who knows? I don't know. Speaking of Jared. I feel like Jared's going to be in a pretty sour mood after that two-point loss last week. Who knows knows how he might react? So let me ask you this. Have you spoken to him at all? Only via text. I've been afraid to talk to him in person because I feel like he just – he might be on edge over there in London. I mean, I hear they don't have great IPAs. I don't know what he's drinking over there, but I'm sure when he woke up at uh, whatever that would be our time, five hours uh, ahead of us, that he saw the results of his matchup with Mr. Michael Norton and was not very pleased. And uh, he might have just gone to the pub and had himself some fish and chips and whatever kind of terrible beer they have over there to get the day started. I don't know. Like some blood sausage, I think, is what they eat over there. Yeah, bang, and a, bangers and, and a, mash or something. Bangers and, bangers and mash and crap. That's what it is. Uh, so had, did he fill you in on anything he did? Did he go to a hot Spurs game or anything like that at all? No, Spurs are not in town this week. They're actually on international break. Um but I think uh, I don't think he's going to be sticking around that long. I think he's due to head back stateside here in the next day or two, maybe. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to catch up with him then. Maybe bring yeah. him back to the podcast as a uh, guest guest host, and we can let him tell us uh, his experiences across the pond. Huh. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll definitely be interesting to catch back up with him. What about do you do anything over the weekend at all? I got just annihilated three days in a row, which is kind of rare. I stayed at home. Had another GM, Johnny, visit on Sunday evening and got throttled. Uh, other than that, it was pretty low-key. Yeah, pretty low-key here, too. I mean, I, like I told you earlier, just got done with a uh, little homebrew session, and I've been dipping into it. It's coming through at about seven and three-quarters percent, which is right Ooh. on right on the recipe uh, um, prognostication, if you will. So I felt pretty good about that. Uh, was a little worried about mid-fermentation, but it turned out to be okay, and uh, I'm enjoying one right now as we speak. So it's been a, been a good couple of days. Oh, I'd love to get my hands on one of those sometime. Ooh, fu- funny you should say that because based on last week's bet, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. 
Well, we are playing each other again this week. We can get into, you know, last week's bet, whether or not it counted. I happen to disagree. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, But we're also playing each other this week, too. So maybe we have to make another side bet or something and uh, go after it that way. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, we might have to do that. Although you better tell me quick because these IPAs are flowing. So I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to have another brew day if that's the case. Alrighty, slip. Well, uh, why don't we get this thing started, huh? Sorry, I was enjoying that IPA. <laughs> I'm here. Let's do it. Let's go. It's time for the weekly rapid fire recap. All right, welcome in to this week's uh, week six rapid fire recap. Uh, we're going to take a look back and see what happened uh, through all the games uh, that occurred in week six. The winners, the losers, slip, get us going. Okay, going to kick this thing off looking at points versus wins with Mr. Mike Norton versus Miles of Chubb and Jared Campbell. I guess we're going to revert back to Jared's old number game here, and we're going to start this out with the number two. And no, I'm not talking about the number of weeks it took me to replace Jared as everyone's favorite podcast host, <laughs> but actually the number of players that Mike had that scored less than one point last week in his victorious effort over Jared. It was a, an up-and-down battle, seemed to be close for the majority of the game. Jared seemed to get a lot of garbage points out of Jameis Winston as he was there viewing him live, uh, along with Mike Evans in London at the home of Tottenham Hotspur. Hashtag, come on, you Spurs. <laughs> but uh, Jared just came up a little bit short. Quite honestly, I was hoping he would pull it out because I might be battling Mike for the romper, and so, of course, I need some losses there. Um, but it looks like Jared also had, reverting back to that number two, twice as many guys that scored in double figures as compared to Mike with six guys in double figures versus three for Mike. Um, but unfortunately for Jared, Mike put up some big numbers. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a great performance. The, the total score was fairly low on the grand scheme of things. But, uh, you know, Mike pulled out a close victory and bumped himself up to two and four. Yeah, that's uh... – Two and four going from zero wins. He's on a bit of a streak there, so hopefully he can continue that run. All right, I took uh, – I'm up next here. we got two girl in one cup. My team dropping down to four and two uh, against the uh, the animal Chaz there. True thirds went up to six and oh, 156.39. Beat down to my 124.74. Uh, slip, man. My two losses came from the champ here, so I'm feeling kind of good, but I wish I would have at least split with him considering he's in part of my decision. But getting I mean, back his to... name is the splitter, so that would have made sense. <laughs> it is but... the splitter, isn't it? Um, we'll, get back to, we'll get out to that later on. Um, many people are like, what are you talking about right now? Anyways, um, so Todd Gurley out with a quad. That one hurts, a quad contusion. Uh, it's going to be a tough loss to overcome this week. Uh, snow... You know, snowballing, you know, for the Rams. Um, the Rams with Malcolm Brown, Cooper Cup this week, they combined for only seven points. You know, decent showing from the team as a whole for myself. But if you don't score at least 135 against Chaz, you're going to lose. And Chaz, once again, led by his freaking New England defense, scoring 31 points. 
which is also the seventh highest amount of points scored in week six and number six total in the entire league all year for fantasy players, New England freaking defense. Um, he also had seven of his 10 players outperform their projections. Nobody went crazy or bananas. Just his players are all consistent. Uh, it's been this way all year. He's actually average. Get this shit. 163.37 points per week. That's I how many he's average. His opponents are averaging on average. On average, what am I? Fucking idiot. Uh, 119.25 points. So he's just destroying them. The only good thing to come out of this game is I've already played Chaz twice, and I don't have to play him again unless I get to the playoffs. So that's a positive if I'm looking at it like that. I just need him to lose so he doesn't eclipse my record uh, of a 12-1 and season with an undefeated season. So anybody that wants to knock Chaz off, I'm okay with that. Me too. Okay, I guess that's back to me then. Um, you are correct. Second, re- second recap <laughs> on my side. Um, Going to be myself, turn your head and golf against Raul Wicker. Watch what you say, Quan. And I mentioned Raul because the number of the day is going to be 58. <laughs> and no, that's not Raul's Spanish two grade in Senora Baker's class. Uh, but that was actually the number of points that I got beat by this past week, Oh, which is a bit frustrating. Um, I'll go into this further in a later segment, but um, I think this makes three out of six weeks where I've actually faced the high score in the league, which is certainly not ideal for my chances of avoiding the romper. But I want to highlight Mr. Stefan Diggs, who I brought into this league in 2016 and also again in 2017 after looking back at my records, who decided to drop a cool 40 points against me. That was an easy uh, 40. Yeah. I think he scored more touchdowns this week than he had the previous five weeks combined. That is correct. Uh, I texted Rusty after the first touchdown with some exp- expletives included in that text message, and Stefan rewarded me with two more after that. So uh, <laughs> moving forward, I will probably not be texting people during games because that has proven to not be successful. <laughs> so anyway, I got demolished. Um, seems to be a recurring theme this year, and I'm one in five and on to week seven. Sorry to hear that, buddy. Maybe you'll uh, turn around here. But you're playing me this week, so I don't see that coming. Oh, anyways, moving along. Sherlock Mahomes, 5-1 and one record. Uh, he was going up against Pittman. The no-rushing collusion drops down to 2-4. and four. Tight matchup here, 124.97 to 123.92. If there was ever a week for Pittman to get back on track, this was it. The closest match of the week, separated by only 1.05 points. Pittman probably so pissed off driving around in his car right now. Think about what if, what if I did this? Uh, But this, uh, you know, here's the thing. He's so pissed about this because it was, it was his time to take the problem that was, that he trusted the mysterious mustache man, Garner Minshew over Phillip rivers. And if you recall slip, we were talking about it. He changed that guy up mid, Mid podcast, he had Rivers in, dropped him, put in the Minshew, and it would he would have easily won that matchup, easily. I think freaking uh, what did he have here? Rivers had eighteen point seven, easily wins this. 
I mean, I can't say anything to people about guessing right. I mean, I just can't do it. So, yeah. Nonetheless, Brian continues on a four-game win streak despite only having ten points more uh, in his points for versus his points against category. I looked that up. Check that one out. And some, he's got some concerns. Eckler, McCoy, and Robinson moving forward. Either way, Brian remains at the top of the East Division by two games. Okay, moving on to my final re- recap of the week. We've got the Horseshoe Collector, who everyone knows as the commissioner, Mr. Jonathan Burdenick, against Bradley, Pizel, and Connor Ayer. The number for this matchup is seven. And no, I'm not talking about anything lucky for Johnny, because this was certainly not one of his better weeks. (laughs) That's actually the number of guys in his lineup that produced less than eight points. So seven Mm -hmm. guys, less than eight points. Those guys combined for, I think, 28.3, if I can read my chicken scratch handwriting. That's not a great average. I'm not great at math. John's pretty good. Uh, He probably can tell you that that's not a good uh, ratio to start with. Turns out that was a a pretty handedly defeat at the hands of Brad. Uh, Looks like Brad had a pretty normal day. He was right about there on his projections. Uh, Got got a little bump from James Conner with – I don't even know some guy that's like the duck calling world champion playing quarterback or something. So he got a million touches. Um, so <laughs> it just seemed like a pretty routine day for Brad. Duck calling champions. I, th- I think that's true. Somebody, I, I that think up. it is. I don't, I don't, I don't have it a couple assistant. times. I, I haven't been on the pod long enough to have an assistant to look that up for me, but I feel like that might be a real thing. So anyway, John's best player, Greg Zerline scored one point. So anytime that happens, it's probably going to be a down week. And, uh, Unfortunately, it was. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week's uh, Rapid Fire Recap. Meet us right back here next week for Week 7's Recap. It's time to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, welcome into the week seven segment of Good, the Bad, the Ugly. I'll get to start us off here, Slip. And my good for the week is going to be Stefan Diggs. And I'm pretty sure he went up against yourself, dropped a 40 piece on you. His line was seven for 167 and three touchdowns. So we got feeling the week before. Then we got Diggs this week. Seems as though the wide receivers from Minnesota are being heard uh, from what's-his-name not throwing the ball to him. But uh, in my opinion, this is a one-hit wonder, though. I think Diggs, you know, coming into this matchup, he had a total of 35 points going into this week, and he outscored that by five points. Uh, So he's a bit inconsistent in the offense that has a lot of options to move the ball around. But nonetheless, my good, anytime you're dropping 40 on a team, uh, it's got to be good. So uh, well done to him. Yeah, and and just to piggyback on that for a bit, it seems like in the not-too-recent past, I was listening to the podcast, and I heard someone say, and I quote, uh, Diggs checked out, end quote, and yet somehow he ended up like you said, dropping a 40 piece on me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was me. So, yeah, so actually last week, 
Yeah, last week I actually had him as a bust. I said he's out in many. Dude is checked out, facing Philly. Thielen's going to continue to get his, and Diggs is going to continue to to disappoint. Yeah, and that's I, I had great. him only for three points, and I was uh, off by about 37. In that same vein, let me give you a couple recommendations for bust this week. Michael Gallup, Mark Ingram, Will Fuller, Philip Lindsay. Any of those guys you want to pick? they can do what Diggs did based on uh, your bus recommendation, I'll be <laughs> so, okay with that. We haven't gotten to that segment yet, Slip, but, uh, that's, you know, that's a, <clears throat> a little foreshadowing there. That's what, that's what hey, I say. You got, you got to keep people tuned in. You got to dangle the line <laughs> in front of them. Okay, I'm going to jump over my good for the week, and I, I really am hesitant to even say this, but since we're a, uh, a guest GM interview a little bit later, I guess I'll give him some props here. Uh, the good for the week has got to be the New England defense. I mean, I looked at the numbers, and it made me about want to smash my phone because – It's absurd. The New England defense has scored .08 fewer points than one run CMC who is being discussed as a potential MVP candidate through six weeks. They are averaging over 27 points per game. <laughs> I mean, that's just insanity. We've got to do something about this. Um, can you really fault? Can you really like falter a guy for having for choosing a good defense? Though, I mean, first of all, they haven't played anybody, so we'll see if this defense is as good as it is or that's shown to be um, over the next few weeks. They haven't played anybody, so once they start playing, like relatively decent offenses. We'll see if they can continue that, but well, God, I, well, I I mean, it so. is absurd. I think it's like 163 points. I mean, that is a, that's a difficult obstacle to overcome when a defense drops uh, roughly 27 on you through six weeks per week. So you, tell me about it. If they scored five points, my defense scored five. All right. You, you give his defense five. We have a matchup last week, but no, instead I get blown out by like 27. It's like, it's like spotting him six Jared Goffs in week six. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, almost seven Jared Goffs in week six. I mean, that's just not fair. It's No, it's not fair at all. All uh, right, my bad. Sorry to say that, but uh, going to be the commish. John's team, um, pretty rough there. Horseshoe collector, 75.72 points. He only had one guy score higher than their projected. That was Tevin Coleman. And uh, 75 points of the lowest points scored by a team all year. He had seven guys score a combined 28.3 points. He guessed wrong on the Green Bay running back. He's got uh, Jamal Williams on the bench that had 21 points. Not that it would have mattered, but God, it would have made it look a little bit better. Uh, but you know he looks to looks to rebound for next week and avoid a possible three game losing streak for uh, Horseshoe Collector. So that was pretty bad, Johnny. Pretty bad. Yeah, and unfortunately, Joe, I know you wanted me to share these with you ahead of time. I was slacking. Uh, I prepared for this about as much as you prepared for that English class you had in college, where you turned in a paper I wrote in high school. Um, yep. But uh, I actually also had John as the bad. I just will echo everything you said. It was not a great week for the commish. Hey, it happens to the best of us. It does happen. Well, since you already uh, de or since I deboed yours, 
Why don't you get us started on your ugly then? Okay, the ugly for this week. Uh, this is going to be a little bit self-serving because I'm the one talking and I can do that. But it's actually going to be uh, Rusty dropping another weekly high score against me. Uh, look <laughs> back at the results through six weeks. Um, actually, I had the high score in week five, and so we'll toss that one out. But of those remaining five weeks, I have actually faced the high score three of those weeks. Um, for those non-math majors in the group, that would be 60% of the time I'm facing the high score, which I'm certainly not a big fan of. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it, what it is about facing me that just makes teams show up. But uh, I guess good on you for Rusty's team showing up. Stephon Diggs, we still have some beef. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my ugly for the week. Now you know how I felt for the past nine years. Yeah. Everyone I faced just, just pounds me into oblivion. And my team just shows up with 90 points. It's awesome. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. All right, my ugly is the way Pittman loses to Brian. So all he needed was for the mustache man, Minshew, Garner Minshew, not to suck. That's all he needed. And Josh Corden maybe to catch a couple passes. Nope. Joshy boy gets hurt, and he takes down the NC. If if he doesn't get hurt and Minshew shows up, he takes down the NCFFL East leader, Brian. But he guesses wrong by not playing Rivers. It bites him in the rear end, bites him in the arse, and a three-game losing streak. And if this week goes against him and the hammer puts it, puts it down on him again, um, he's going to go on a four-game losing streak. So I don't – it's not looking good when you're playing Chaz coming off of a game like this. It's just demoralizing. But, you know, good luck, Pittman. Rough, rough call there. I think you learned your lesson not to play the mustache man. And uh, sorry it went this way, but 1.05 points. That's all he needed, and it didn't happen. anyways that'll wrap up this week's of good bad and the ugly do you suffer from draft tile dysfunction are your teams limp and uninspired did you know eight of 12 fantasy players don't even make the playoffs because of flaccid teams introducing the roto experts They'll not only bolster your draft performance, but the Roto Experts will keep you going all season long. Log on to rotoexperts.com now to learn how you can be a fantasy stud in bed and at work and on the bus and the toilet and wherever you play fantasy football. rotoexperts.com Before taxes. Okay, I'm actually not comfortable answering that. Come on! We're doing the interview now, not you. Okay, here's a shout out of a can. Oprah, Barbara Walters, your wife. You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go! I think we're done here. Thank you. Welcome into this week's 
episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we are going to be joined by the the uh, GM of the 6-0, the Truth Earths team, Mr. Chaz Post. How you doing, buddy? Team line, this is Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Probably not as good as you. I wish I could be 6-0. I've already lost twice to you this year, so that kind of hurts. But uh, doing okay, I guess, so far. Big dicks and fat pockets will get you a long way in life. That's what the hammer does. <laughs> so we do have uh, myself. <laughs> myself is here. I got Slip here on the phone with me as well, who's also filling in for Jared, who's still off on assignment across the pond in England. I think, not. Sure. I think I've probably replaced Jared by now, but we'll let that I slide. I think so as well. I'm not sure if he's going to come back, uh, but we'll see. That guy lives a lot. He man. sure does. Uh, but we're going to knock, uh, knock around a few questions to you, kind of get a little, uh, get some answers about some things. Had, uh, had a couple GMs, uh, anonymous GMs, that is, uh, send some questions Ooh. that they want answered from you as well. So not all of these are coming from Ooh. myself or, or slip. And then we're going to throw you on the hot seat at the end. So uh, let's get this thing rolling. So I'm going to start off here. And I'm going to keep it pretty easy. Um, what? Well, I, I guess the easiest question is, do you believe that you're going to go undefeated this year and be the first, and be the first GM? I do believe to go undefeated. Of course I am. It's like Kenny fucking powers. I'm fucking out. You're I'm fucking in. You're fucking out. <laughs> Kenny Powers also had a lot of um, alcohol abuse issues, <laughs> drug abuse issues. Do you, do you tend to have? I mean, are, are, we, are we trying to talk about something that's different? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, in reality, I have no idea, man. I'm just playing day, week by week, just trying to 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 manage my team to the best of my ability and uh, and just be the best GM that I could possibly be. Okay, that's fair. Slip. Yeah, I mean the bullshit stick. I'm just going to let that slide. Go ahead and let's hop in those questions. <laughs> so another question here: uh, Which GM gives you the biggest headaches, either for the NCFFL or life in general? Fucking Pittman, man. He's a fucking cop. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, I mean the ends justify the means, man. The thin blue line, baby. Now, I was always under the impression that you, the cops and the lawyers work together. I mean, without the cops, you guys don't have jobs. Agreed. And I actually respect all police officers in law enforcement. And I respect Pittman and what he does. And um, I joke around with him. He's my buddy. Um, he knows I'm kidding. But you asked me who gave me the biggest headache. And it's that <laughs> I think it's all good and fun. I enjoy it. I think we all know it's fun. But... Uh, Absolutely. It's good I mean, to hear. I, 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 yeah, I think when we were trying to decide once we had some folks drop out of the league that who would be the next additions, um, we didn't really uh, evaluate what opportunity we had before us between putting Pittman and Chaz together in the same league. But uh, boy, we really lucked out there because that has provided countless hours of entertainment on the group chat. I must admit, it, it's fun. For it's sure. epic. That's absolutely for sure. All right, here we're going to get into some other things here. So. Uh, this is from an anonymous GM. Uh, please explain your high school nickname, the splitter. Oh, all right. So 
um, there was this chick, and her name was I'm not gonna say her name. We'll call but, her Donna. Uh, I split that shit. <laughs> I split. I, I split that shit. If you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, I was hanging out during warm ups one day, and somehow fucking Rusty Wicker, of course, finds out the dr- the 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 the, the, uh, the drama and the secrets, and he tells the entire team. And uh, he said, you know, what did you do with with this girl? And I said, I split that shit. And uh, Rusty nicknamed me, or maybe it was Brooks. I can't remember. Maybe it was Jared. Maybe it was Brian. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Rusty. We were too busy winning to notice. <laughs> so you didn't nickname that. You didn't give that nickname yourself. It was given to you by somebody. Correct. I just said that I split that shit, so they started calling me Splitter. Uh, so Slip, obviously you know this woman. Do you have verification that's a, that's exactly what he did? Or is it just all hearsay? Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, no, to the best of my knowledge, that's the true story. I mean, most of the time, Chaz is full of shit, but I think this <laughs> so is I'm probably asking. verifiable. Um, I mean, I my she, eyes I, are I brown. I think uh, she actually might frequent some of the same beaches that I frequent. I haven't seen her there, but I've heard stories. But uh, if I ever bump into her again, I'll be sure to ask her to get verification for the podcast. And I'll let everyone know. Okay. Let's be real. She's no prize. She's no prize. <laughs> so I guess stick, sticking around the high school era, um, why did you think it was cool? Well, excuse me. What what did you think was cool about a Jetta with ski racks with a Wu Tang Clan <laughs> front license plate that you drove around? Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. That's all I'm I had. Say. One of their CDs. It was epic. <laughs> oh, best rap group yeah. ever. ODB. Brooklyn yeah, Zoo. Baby. Shame on you. <laughs> Uh, Y'all can start calling me ODB instead of Splitter. <laughs> what role did you play in the 2001 state championship team? This seems like a, a oh. kind of a slight at you. I can tell you. Written. I can tell you. I, I, I can tell you the role. There was a guy who couldn't hit, and his daddy was best friends with the coach, and he played the same position that I played. I was a better baseball player than he ever thought about being and I could hit so but however he got the starting position at first base instead of me I was a junior the rest of them boys were seniors and I DH'd for him and Chance Carpenter DH'd for him depending on if it was a righty or a lefty pitching but the best thing that I did for the team was in the game three in Zebulon where a ground ball was hit to Daryl Austin. He scooped. Not wrong. Was it to you? It was to me. Ground ball hit to Brooks Hayslip. He scooped it, threw it to Jared Campbell at second base, and then Jared Campbell threw it to me, and despite what he says, he one-hopped me, <laughs> and I scooped that shit right out of the dirt off the one-hop, state champions, dog pile, Go get you some, Southeast Guilford. Get you some in the daytime in Wake County, baby. Wow, so a double play to Where, end Where's that ball right now? Is, is that ball sitting on your shelf right now? Did you steal the game ball Fucking from uh, Brian? No, Brian took it from me after the game. He gave it to Charlie Spivey. <laughs> he was oh, like, post, give me that ball. That's yeah. totally something Brian would do. Typical. So uh, let's. Well, see. that, that uh, sort of leads into a question oh, I yeah, have for you, Go ahead, go ahead, Slip. 
so, sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to interrupt, but on the 2001 state. Chaz, I got a little Panthers question here to blend with that. Um, who do you think has better odds of their final game with the team being a championship win? You against all odds in 2001 or Cam Newton when his contract ends next year in 2020 with our Carolina Panthers? Me. <laughs> Did you get all that? Me, chess, baby. By the way? So you think Cam? You think Cam might be on the way out? You know, I'm a Cam supporter. Um, I always have been. Um, Cam is my boy. When Cam is healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I just right now I'm torn, guys. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Allen is a pure passer. He's running the offense well. I'll be honest with you, though, if it wasn't for for our defense and for Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Allen might not be playing as well as he is right now. One thing that scares me about Kyle is that he won't hold on to the daggum football. <laughs> but you got to love what he's doing with your fantasy team and Christian McCaffrey. Love it. You feed him the ball, baby. Feed him the ball. Points, points, points. Right, Mike Norton? <laughs> McCaffrey is actually on pace to break the yards from scrimmage record. We'll see if he can continue that pace. Um, if the uh, NFL voted on the most valuable player t- right now, it should go to Christian McCaffrey or Russell Wilson. I think you could give. Obviously. I got. I got to go to Christian. Well, of course, there. he's your on your team. <laughs> so another question <laughs> here: uh, What side deal do you have with the Lee County ABC board to get Pappy Van Winkle and other rare bourbons? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty typical of Matter a lawyer to not have a comment. The people that talk the most all of a sudden slam up and they got nothing to say. I think that's the, pod- no- I think that's the podcast version of pleading the fifth. Got, they got nothing to say. I cannot confirm or deny. You know, I think it would be nice for you to share those honors and privileges that you get with the rest of the GMs in the league who also like to partake in rare bourbons or scotches. I think if he next goes, year, if he next, goes undefeated and runs the table, I feel like that might should happen. I mean, that would be it, 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 it will happen um, as long as we're in Ocean Isle Beach next August. <laughs> um, where I just think we have the most fun and can let loose. Um, right now, I'm sipping on a uh, 12 year Lot B. So, oh, oh, just just another Wednesday night at the post office. Yeah. <laughs> I was preparing for this. I mean, I'm so honored to be a part of this podcast. I listen to this thing every Thursday morning before work, and it really just makes me happy. And I, I'd, I'd like to say something about this. I, and this is me being real, not being funny like I normally am. I genuinely appreciate this podcast. It's something I look forward to, and I thank you, Joe, Brooks, and Jared for doing it. So, well, we appreciate it. We try to give the GMs a little bit of something to listen to, look forward to uh, – before the week starts in the fantasy world, and hopefully we're a little bit entertaining. I know we, we were a little bit rough the first couple couple weeks, couple episodes, but we I think we turned it around pretty well. And the addition of Slip helping us out, subbing in, is, is a nice little change of pace. So we appreciate the compliments there. It's great. It's great. Thank you. So let's see here. Uh, oh, I got one here. What was your college girlfriend's name? Hmm. Smoke show? <laughs> is that a real name? <laughs> no, 
Her name was Chelsea. Okay. I thought they were one that had some uh, international influence. Yeah. That's her. Oh, okay. That's her. She's half, half Mexican, half I was going to say, how did Amazing. you uh, – the follow-up to that question is, how did you pull that? And then the follow-up to that is, were you her drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, second part, cannot confirm or deny and have no comment. First <laughs> part, she was just – she was a sophomore cheerleader at UNCW, and I was a freshman pledge for Sigma Alpha Epsilon. And she went up to my quote unquote big brother and said, Save that one for me. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> True story. Wow. <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, who do you think? I just brushed my shoulders off. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Were you still rocking the, <laughs> uh, the, the 2001 Jetta with the Wu Tang Clang? License plate? I was. I was. I It'll was. get those Mexican yeah. chicks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. All I had to say was, Como estas, <laughs> mi amor? So, uh, another question here. Who do you think whines the most in the NCFFL if you had to choose? <sighs> I love you, Joe, but you and Pittman kind of tie for We're that. To- whining? Girl. Whining. We're talking about whining? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Pittman the most, but uh, you're 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 a close second. Okay. But I love you. I love you. Hey, I can take it. And I whine a little bit. Don't get it twisted. Here comes here. Here's another one from an anonymous GM. How does Chez feel that he and Trump are more alike than he realizes, since they both inherited <laughs> a successful business from their father? Hashtag Keep America Great. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. <laughs> Fuck Trump, and I didn't inherit anything. I uh, worked my ass off for two years in Charlotte upon passing the bar, and then I got an offer that I could not refuse, you know what I mean, uh, from my dad's law partner, former law partner, and uh, I moved back home, and here I am. And then parlayed that into some sort of, Epic deal with the Lee County ABC board. <laughs> I, I, no comment, brother. No comment. Slip, what else do you got? I think that's part of his whole po- political yeah. influence. Slip, what else you got for the league champion I mean, I'm, here? I don't know. I, I'm just wondering. I, I'm thinking ahead. If, if at some point in time in the future, Chaz runs for governor, if we're going to need to uh, destroy this podcast. Before it gets in the that would be of, a yes. Of potentially <laughs> there, really, there really wasn't anything incriminating. I mean, no names outside of him being a Wu Tang Clan fan, <laughs> which I think that would be a, that's that would be a hard black yes. moat. So you're good there. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm going. I'm going for the three P. I'm already a four time champion, right? I'm about to win my fifth, and I'm about to win my third in a row. So y'all can it's bring. amazing. You you have four championships, <laughs> and I strive to get four wins a game. Of weir, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for April the ninth. I'm gonna hang out with you April the ninth. Slip, you got anything else before we drop him on the hot seat here? No, I don't. Th- I mean, I think we've All got right, him primed so up. He's ready to go. Here we go, Chaz. You're about to drop onto the hot seat. You got to answer real quick, okay? We don't we don't have a ton, but we got some pretty good ones here. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Jewel or blue? Jewel. White Claw or Truly? 
Fucking White Claw player. <laughs> Better lawyer, Vincent Gambini from My Cousin Vinny or L. Woods from Legally Blonde? Gambini, baby. <laughs> Two youths. What is a grit? Uh, which judge would you want on your bench of a case? The Honorable Judge Judy or the Honorable Judge Joe Brown? Ooh, that's a close one. Probably Joe Brown, my brother. <laughs> what is your favorite whiskey or bourbon? Henry McKenna, 10-year, on the shelf, $35. Best buy there is. Would you rather have New England's defense or Julio Jones? <laughs> New England's defense? What kind of question is that? I know, it's absurd. <laughs> that, the fact, that you, the fact a, that you say that... New England's defense is absolutely absurd. <laughs> Uh, all right, Donald Trump or Elizabeth Warren? Neither. Oh, a no vote there. Okay. Oh, expound on that. Who's on your Democratic ticket? Joe no Biden, oh, baby. Jesus Christ. He's in. All right, never mind. Uh, which do you think? <laughs> uh, which do you think you have a better chance to complete? Three pull-ups or fifteen push-ups? <laughs> Oh, my God. Neither, man. I suck at that. Uh, well, I, I, three 12-ounce curls. I love that. How many court cases have you lost? I don't keep track, but I try to win more than I How lose. How many have you won? Don't keep track, but I try to win okay. more than I lose. Uh, here's, all right, back the blue or back Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter, brother. <laughs> and last one I got, unless Slip's got a couple more. Who wins the romper this year? That's a tough one, man. I don't know, man. Maybe Slip. I hate to say Come that. on. <laughs> My team is good. I, feel, I, I do feel like that uh, Slip's team, Turn Your Head and Golf, is making a mid-year or early mid-year turnaround. And Mike Norton could very well wind up in the romper. I'll be honest with you, Pittman's team fucking sucks. <laughs> and he, that, he might wind up in the romper. Well, right now, currently in the league, we have four teams at two and four and Slip sitting at one and five. So there's there's uh, oh, yeah. five I mean, teams. The, the guy that, that are... put up the most points in the league this year, last year, I mean, or this, this year, last week, I mean, it's just a matter of time. The odds are going to work out. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, from uh, all of us here at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, we want to say thank you, Chaz, for taking the time out of your busy schedule, doing your political work, and also uh, taking care of a f- law firm out in the uh, area of I don't know, where you practice. I don't even remember. Central North Central Carolina. North Carolina. So we do appreciate your time. Best of luck the rest of the year, um, and thank you very much. Hey, look, I am humbled and honored to be a part of this podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I'm going to leave you with one quote that I love very much. And there's a lot of what ifs in fantasy football, like what if this happens, what if that happens. But you can't play the what if game. Because if worms have machine guns, birds wouldn't fuck. Well, we appreciate that, and thank you very much. Spoken like a true politician. <laughs> That's right. All right. Y'all boys have a good Thanks, night. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Here comes the boom or bust. All right, welcome into the week seven segment of boom or bust. Slip, why don't you get us started on this one here? Who's going to be your boom for the week? Let's see, boom for week seven. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to throw Mr. Jared Campbell a bone here and say Keenan Allen is going to be my boom uh, for week seven. Um, Keenan started out strong. I don't have it pulled up right in front of me. I looked at it earlier. Give me one second. I'll pull up Miles and Chubb. I felt like Keenan started strong with Mr. Rivers throwing in the football here. I uh, had a couple double-digit weeks early on. Uh, started out just on fire, 22 points, almost 14 points, 37 points, and then he's just hit the skids the last three weeks. Um, I feel like they're on the road against Tennessee here in week seven. Uh, the, the Chargers as a whole are struggling a little bit. Tennessee is not very good. And uh, I feel like the, the lousy Tennessee offense will give the Chargers pretty good field position this week, uh, give Keenan lots of opportunities to uh, get some red zone targets. And I feel like this might be the week that Keenan Allen gets back on track, uh, post a double-digit score, and might help Miles of Chubb uh, improve on that 2-4 and four record that they're currently sporting. There's mm, hoping. I like that one, actually. Uh, my boom is going to be, well, first I want to start off with this. Last week, I chose my boom as Marquez Valdez-Scantley. He did not boom. He scored six. So, I big uh, zero play on that one for me. So, just for anyone keeping score, that one didn't hit at all. But my boom for this week, going to be a Mr. DJ Shark Jr., He's coming off a week where he only had 5.8 in his performance, uh, which consisted of seven targets, but only three receptions and 43 yards. He looks to bounce back against a very shitty Bengals defense. Uh, I think the uh, mustache man Minshew uh, finds him seven times. All right. He's targeted him seven times. This time he's going to actually connect with them seven times. For 129 yards and two touchdowns, big comeback. Almost uh, getting back to what he did against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, scoring somewhere around, I'd say, 28 to 32 points uh, against a very, very sad Bengals team. So, DJ Shark, my boom for Week 7. Who you got for your bust, Let- Let's see. Bust for Week 7. I'm going to have to uh, be a little bit petty here. This is someone that was drafted on my team who I had high hopes for. Um, not really sure why, but uh, I guess maybe I had a couple too many perniciouses before lunchtime on draft day. But uh, anyway, Mr. Robbie Anderson for the New York Jets. Um, I see that Rusty picked him up, which fortunately had on the bench against me last week. Not that it would have mattered at all because I got blown out. Uh, but anyway, uh, now that he's got his quarterback back for mono, uh, Robbie had a pretty decent day, 125 yards on five catches and a touchdown. Um, unfortunately for him, the Jets are still not a very good football team. And this week they go up against the juggernaut, which is the New England Patriots. Uh, and even worse for Robbie Anderson, I've got to assume that he's going to be shadowed by one Stephon Gilmore. Um, he's about as shut down as it gets right now in the NFL. So I foresee a long day for Mr. Robbie Anderson. Mm. Funny you say that. My bust coincides with 
Mr. Robbie Anderson. I'm going to choose the New England defense as a bust. Uh, just to recap, last week, though, I chose Diggs. That one didn't hit. He went for a 40-burger. Yeah, I appreciate uh, but that. I did, <laughs> but I also did choose uh, Austin Eckler, and that was a bust. He had 4.3. So I'm 50%. Not too bad. Needless to say, my first bust, because I did pick two this week, I'm going to go with New England's defense. Now, to put this in perspective, they have yet to score less than 17 points on a given week with their highest total coming in week two at 47. They have a total points of 163 fantasy points. They are currently ranked seventh across all fantasy uh, scores, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, They do have a favorable matchup. It is at New York, though, and Sam Darnold is back. I like what I saw, uh, but I say that they're going to be a bust this week. And I say this only by saying that they're only going to score less than 10 points. So they could score 9.5, which is a hell of a week for a defense. But for them, that would be considered a bust. So New England's defense is going to be my first bust. My second bus is going to be all of your wide receiver slip. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I, as you know, we're facing each other. I don't like any of your matchups. You got Michael Thomas at Chicago, Michael Gallup playing Philadelphia in the divisional game. Then we look down further down the list. We got Alshon Jeffrey at Dallas divisional game. And then sitting on your bench, Will Fuller could go gangbusters, could go zero goose egg or Sterling Shepard. Those are your options. I got at least four of those guys. If you decide to play them, I wrote down here, Thomas Gallup, Jeffrey Fuller, all four combined for less than 25 points. Oh, is that another bet that I can take that you can also try to welch on later saying that uh, there was some kind of issue with it? So there is an issue, and I do think we need to have a league vote on it because if you guys recall last week on the podcast, uh, Slip and I had a little wager. It revolved around a Mr. Todd Gurley and, and the over-under on how many points he would score. I believe it was 19 and a half. Was that correct? Yeah, that, that was you. Uh, you beat the number down a little bit. 19, yeah, I did. 19 and a half total points. Uh, caveat here, he didn't play. So, therefore, if a guy doesn't play, the bet is off. Yeah, I, I don't remember that being discussed when the bet was made. I sort of felt like you just said, hold on, I think I wrote some notes down. You said, uh, girly 20 plus, plus points, quote, solid performance, quote, guaranteed, end quote. I'll take the over. Uh, in 19 yeah, and a half. Yeah, if he played, if he played, he didn't play. Uh, no, the words "if he played" were never uttered in last week's podcast. All right, so if you want to get all legally with me, I'm never going to win this. However, a gentleman's bet, and I consider you a gentleman. In well, thank you. I, pre- I appreciate that. And I do believe I would give you the same sort of leniency on if a guy didn't play, the bet is off. I mean, I'm going to have to say there's that no measurement. A, a guy that introduces a bet at 20 points and then beats you down to 19 and a half before making it, I doubt is going to give me any sort of leeway. But since I'm a very reasonable fellow, like you said, I'm not going to give you uh, a pass on this, but I will be willing to accept uh, a double or nothing bet uh, in order to make this somewhat more interesting. What did you have in mind? 
I mean, I sort of like my four receivers uh, at 25 points, and I'll, I'll I'll play those four guys. It'll save me the hassle of trying to pick who they are. So I won't do double or nothing because I don't have enough beer to brew right now. I'll give you time. I'm I'm a I'm a man of patience. I can wait it out. All right. So here's the bet: twenty dollars, uh, carnal knowledge <laughs> of a lady this time on the premises. Uh, so the guys I had written down: Michael Thomas, Michael Gallup. Alshon Jeffrey and Will Fuller. I would say, and whoever the wide receivers that you play in your starting lineup. So you have those four, and then you have Shepard on your bench as well. So of the wide receivers currently on your squad, only the ones in your starting lineup work. So I. Any of them in your starting lineup, I think that – so if you put three in there, it's three. If you put four in there, it's four. I think they go for 25 and a half. I'll take the under. You beat me up on another half of a point? It's gambling. <laughs> it, there, you can't get a half, can you? I guess you can because we do decimal points, right? It's okay. All right, so we can't, we can't okay. do decimal. No, no we, I'm, I didn't, I'm, I'm I didn't realize we can, we can do decimal decimal point I'm so good with that we so can do 25 when brad listens to this podcast he's going to ride around and laugh at this other half a point that you're beating me down on brad's um, still trying to figure out what a tenth of a point is oh i didn't say that brad that was your brother-in-law okay <laughs> so any any subset of receivers i choose to play the bet is 25 and a half points and you're taking the under on that i'll take the under on that george kittle is not a receiver he's a tight end Okay, that's okay. I can I'll allow that. So it looks like it's going to have to be. So basically, you're going to make me bench Philip Lindsay. Which, I'm not making you do anything. Which might help you in the grand scheme of things, but let's be honest. I'd rather win a six pack at one and oh, actually a twelve pack at one and five uh, than I would necessarily a fantasy matchup potentially. So I'll, okay, I'll take that whoever bet. your wide receivers are. I will accept your bet. You can choose them however you want. If you want to play 3, you play 3. If you want to play 4, you play 4. Okay, that's a that's a very fair bet. I will accept. Um and I guess all those terms are ironed out. So all right. I like that. There we go. Oh man, I don't I I wish it was 30, but I'll do the 25. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, GMs, that'll do it for this week's segment of Boom or Bust. Trying to get out of a DUI without a lawyer will change a car wreck into a nightmare. It's not your fault. The car ran a red light, traveled the wrong direction, or hit someone or something. Here you are just trying to have a good time, shooting some blow off a hooker's ass after pounding a few old Milwaukee's, and the 5-0 blame you for driving under the influence. Who knew? I know. I'm Chaz Post, the Sanford Hammer. When stingy, corrupt cops take advantage of minorities just trying to have a good time on their EBT card, I get meaner than a junkyard dog, and I don't growl or bark. I bite. So call me. Chaz, the hammer post. I got a big dick and deep pockets. And the bigger your check, the better. I hammer these corrupt precincts for the biggest checks. I do more to get you more. And I don't stop until the size of your check satisfies you. Just listen to a testimony of a satisfied customer. Daquan said, Man, I received the best attorney services ever from Chaz, the hammer post. I was smoking two blunts, had an old English 40, 
and I ran a few stoplights, hit a tree, and eluded Popo for about 15 minutes before they charged me with the DUI. I'll admit, I'm a little bit nervous in that courtroom, but with Chaz's big dick and deep pockets approach, I was guaranteed that everything would be fine, and the hammer produced. And I left that courtroom with a big smile on my face and an extra fitty on my EBT card. You the best, Chaz. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. So if you have a pending DUI charge, a free 15-minute call could get you compensated for the injustice and racism of these so-called justices of peace. Call 1-800-YOU-ARE-VICTIM. That's 1-800-YOU-ARE-VICTIM. Call me, Chaz, the Hammer Post, and get the money you deserve. Time for You Make the Call. All right, welcome into the week seven edition of You Make the Call Slip. This is where you're going to pretend to be a GM around the NCFFL. I'm going to toss out a matchup here, and you tell me who you like, which player you would start if you would be the GM. All right, so first up we have Brian. And we're going to look at a Mr. Demarcus Robinson or LaShawn McCoy. Who you start? Let me just start out by saying that uh, I'm not pretending to be a GM. I actually am a GM. And although I'm not great at picking uh, between guys sometimes, (laughs) I think I should get a little more credit than that. But uh, let's see. Looking at Brian's matchup, LaShawn McCoy or Mr. Robinson, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with – I think I'm going to have to go with LaShawn McCoy in this matchup. Uh, Thursday night game uh, at Denver, tough place to play, Mile High Stadium. You've been there. Everybody will be high. It's just how it is. Yep. Uh, I feel like uh, probably going to going to be a little bit of ground action for the Chiefs that night. I know I know Patty Mahomes, Pat Ferrari is going to be airing it out all over the place in that thin air. But uh, I think McCoy happens to get in the end zone here. Just too many weapons on the outside. Uh, for Mr. Robinson to potentially get the end zone. He's just battling too many guys that make catches for the Chiefs. So I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy in this matchup. So I'm going to go the opposite end here. I'm going to take Demarcus Robinson. He had a goose egg last week. He's looking to bounce back. LaShawn McCoy had a weak game. He only scored, I think, five points last week. Um, And – you know, it kind of stinks that they got their main receiver back. Uh, his name's blanking me at the time right now. Um, but I think he bounces back, and he actually does does pretty well. So Thursday night game, so defenses are usually tired, um, especially up in that thin air. So I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to go Demarcus Robinson. So, all right, Slip, uh, next up, we're going to stick with the same matchup here, but we're going to switch to the other side of Rusty's team. I'm going to go – we've done this before, I think. You and I did this before. Uh, might have been last week, actually. But we're going to stick with the Robbies. So, Robbie Anderson or Robbie Woods. Last time, if you recall, we put this question up, and I think we were both on the same side of Robbie Anderson. Sure, shit, he produced. And Robbie Woods did jack shit. So, uh, this time it looks like Rusty's got Robbie Anderson on the starting lineup. And Woods is on the bench. Who you got this go-round? I mean, I, I think this is your classic overreaction by Rusty here, putting Robbie Anderson in the lineup after one 100%. breakout performance. I'm going to go Robbie Woods. 
they're playing a terrible, and I love terrible. being able to say this, Atlanta Falcons defense. I'm expecting and hoping and praying and everything else that I can do that Jared Goff returns from whatever kind of uh, funk he was in last week, but need him to return to real life and throw some passes and some touchdowns and some completions for once. Uh, looking like Robbie Woods is going to have a big week. Uh, just can't trust Robbie Anderson against New England. Stephon Gilmore's on him. He's like a black curtain, just shuts people down. It's just not going to be a good week for Anderson. <laughs> Robbie Woods to the house. 100% agreement in here. I don't even know. It's not even a discussion i'm going robbie woods all the way uh atlanta's brutal robbie anderson's going against uh new england's defense who's been unstoppable now granted i did pick them uh to be a bust for the week but i don't think it's on the hands of robbie anderson i think they stop him uh and you know they get some other people to score there but yeah easy pick here robbie woods uh Hopefully, Rusty makes that decision, pops him in the lineup there. All right, moving along, we're going to go to uh, Mike versus John. We're going to start with John's team. And you make the call slip, Auden Tate or Tyrell Williams, who's currently in the starting lineup, questionable, um, or Auden Tate, uh, Cincinnati wide receiver versus, versus Jacksonville. Who you got? And might I say, a Jalen Ramsey uh Empty Jacksonville. That's true. Uh, unfortunately, he's had a bad back. Wink, wink for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Not, uh, uh, I feel like that's going to miraculously heal itself as he heads out to the West Coast in La La Land. But anyway, uh, this is the, a matchup of two guys that prior to the season I would have had to Google because I've never heard of either one of their names. But nonetheless, they find themselves on the commissioner's team, somehow scoring a reasonable amount of points, I guess. Um I think a lot's going to p- depend on Tyrell Williams and, and the injury and, and whether he comes back from the questionable status. Um, he's facing a tough Green Bay defense at Green Bay. Uh, that's a pretty rough matchup for him. Alden Tate at, uh, against Jacksonville at home for, for, Seattle, uh, sorry, for Cincinnati. Uh, they're not a great football team right now with the Red Rocket throwing passes. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a uh, – it's kind of of a taller midgets type scenario here. Neither one are great options. Uh, I think this is all going to hinge on whether Tyrell Williams actually plays or not. And if he's if he's active, I'm going to go Tyrell. If he if he seems to be doubtful late in the week, then you might lean Alden Tate. I mean, I don't know. This is just not a good scenario either way. Um, I'm going to take a Flip different a approach. I'm going to take a different approach here, and I'm going to ask you a little something because I. I did a little research on this Auden Tate cat, okay? Um, One of my guys I have on my team, his name is Golden Tate, okay? Golden Tate. Keep that in mind, audience. Keep that in mind. Slip, could you tell me from the periodic table the first two (laughs) letters of gold? Please tell me this. The first two letters of gold? Gold. What would gold be on the periodic table? Let me help you out with this. It's the first two letters from the gentleman that we are discussing. Uh, A-U. A-U in the periodic table is gold. Throw in a D-E-N and you have golden Tate. Are you kidding me? This parent 
His parents were so enamored with Golden Tate that they decided to name his kid A.U. Tate. Golden Tate? I don't this know is how, impeccable. I don't know how many beers you drank before you decided to come up with that, but that's pretty impressive because this I was, I was Googling as you impeccable. I've heard of a lot of weird names coming from the African-American descent. One that comes to mind is a Ladasha spelled L-A hyphen S-H-A. Shit you not. Uh, Charlotte YMCA. Christy can affirm that one. But <laughs> A-U-D-E-N, a golden Tate, the little man from Cincinnati. You got to put him in the lineup here. He's going against the Jalen Ramsey free Jacksonville team at home. He's got the red rocket thrown to him. Of course, he's going to outperform Tyrell Williams. This is not, this is an easy decision. You throw in golden Tate. That's who you do. You throw him in. He's going to get you the victory. All right, moving I mean, on. Your, here your analysis just sold me right there. I mean, I, I, would, I want to change my answer now. How do you not see that? Golden Tate. Uh, sorry, sorry, I'm not a scientist. All right, here we go. Mike's team, you got to choose. You make the call between Amari Cooper or Joe Mixon. That's a tough matchup there. It is. It's tough it, uh, decision. Uh, I think, again, we got a little injury issue here with Amari Cooper and – uh, the potential quad issue going on. It looks like he did not practice today, Wednesday. Uh, but I think it's going to kind of hinge on whether he's back or not. I mean, Philadelphia has a terrible pass defense, giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So I feel like if, if he's healthy uh, in a primetime matchup Sunday night, I'm probably going to have to go with Amari Cooper. Hope he and Dak can show up. I think that the Cowboys are reeling a little bit. They really need a big win. Uh, I think they're going to pull out all the stops and and uh, really try to get uh, get the offense rolling again, so to speak, in Dallas. And I would see this as a good game for them to do that with the, a lousy Philly D on the other side. Yeah, they are lousy. Actually, it's the number one D uh, or worst D against uh, wide receivers. Philly is. I'm going to stay on board here with Amari Cooper coming off a just an awful performance last week with point eight points. Not going to get it done. I do see I'm bouncing back this week um, in a very difficult division game. I do think the Eagles pull out the victory, but it's not uh, due to Amari Cooper, who does a good job. Uh, and Joe Mixon, say what you want, but the Jacksonville defense without Ramsey is going to suffer in the secondary, but that front uh, defensive line is stout, and Mixon has not been doing anything the last few weeks. So I think that's an easy decision. you got to put Cooper in. All right, so let's go to a different matchup. We're going to go Jared uh, versus Brad. And start off with Jared here. you got Miles Sanders. You make the call slip. Miles Sanders or either James White or Rice Freeman. Royce Freeman, excuse me. Oh, tough one here. Um, uh, this is, this is an interesting one. I mean, I, I think, uh, Miles Sanders is your long-term outlook here for Jared. I think he's hoped that, uh, that Miles would become the starter get the majority of the, the carries and touches by week seven. Uh, not sure that that's actually happened in Philly. Uh, seems like they're still kind of spreading the ball around more than Jared would hope. But I think it, this might be the week it turns. I mean, Royce Freeman in Denver, I mean, he's just really not done a whole lot, you know, really getting the, the fewer of the split in Denver. Uh, I think I would probably have to go with Miles Sanders ahead of Royce Freeman. Uh, I know he has a 
Jared's got an unsubstantiated love affair with James White. Uh, yes, we he all, does. We all have those players in our fantasy lives, so I can certainly understand it. Um, but I don't know. I think I think the Freeman and Sanders matchup is the question here. I think Sanders is probably the play. Uh, but we'll see what Jared does. Maybe he's gained some knowledge after being international in the past two weeks, and uh, <laughs> he knows something we don't know. He might have some sources across the pond. Who knows? I think you got to go Miles Sanders. I'm going to go against the grain, though, and say you sub out James White. Um, Royce Freeman's going against Kansas City. Their defense is atrocious, playing on a short week, Thursday night. Uh, James White is going against the new, new, uh, new York Jets, and that's a decent defense there. Um, plus, you know, New England's offense, they, they spread it where they need to spread it. And it seems as though every game they get involved in, they wait and see how the first quarter goes and where the defense is allowing them to throw the ball or run the ball. And I just think that, uh, Royce Freeman's going to be the better play there. But I do think Miles Sanders is going to outperform Jordan Howard, not a big Jordan Howard fan. Miles Sanders is definitely the better back there, and it's just a matter of time before Doug Peterson sees this. I think you got to throw in Miles Sanders over James White, unfortunately, uh, but we'll see what Jared ends up doing when he gets back here. All right, let's move to the other side here. We've brought this up before, very similar to Rusty's team and the Robbies, but this is uh, Brad's matchup, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott. Funny thing here, they're playing each other on Sunday night. Everyone's going to be watching this big divisional game. Who you got, Slip? Who you putting in? Ooh, this is a toss-up. I mean, part of me wants to say Carson Wentz because since I've now got to play Alshon Jeffrey due to our bet, I need Carson to show up. Uh, (laughs) But my head says that Dak Prescott's the play here at home and a must-win almost for the Cowboys trying to save Jason Garrett's job, uh, trying to keep the train on the tracks in Dallas. Ooh, tough call here. I mean, they're matched up Sunday night, primetime. Everybody's going to be watching. I mean, I'm going to go with my heart here and say Carson Wentz is the play. I need him to, to pepper Alshon with lots of targets, lots of catches. Uh, I think the, the Cowboys are going to air it out this game, just do it all they can to get a win against the terrible Philadelphia defense. Uh, hopefully it will be a shootout, but I think Carson Wentz is the play here. Well, I'm going to go the opposite direction, and I'm going to say Dak Prescott. It is a must-win game here. He has got to win this game. Otherwise, their team is in the shitter. Um, And who knows what sort of changes are going to come there, whether Garrett ends up keeping his job or not. I do think he keeps it. But if he loses this game and Dak has a horrible showing, um, there's going to be a lot of questions on whether or not he deserves $20-plus million, you know, and I'm sure he wants in the higher end $29 million, but he has got to win this game. Therefore, I see him uh, winning off of the play action with Zeke, and he's going to be peppering people downfield for sure, and they're going to actually end up winning this game. In a barn burner, I'm going to go with a 35-30 to 30 win, uh, but I think you got the wrong guy on your bench right now, but we'll see if he changes it up. Anyways, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of, uh, or excuse me, segment of You Make the Call. We appreciate it, boys. We'll see if we're right.
Week 7 matchups. Here we go. All right, welcome in to this week's uh, segment, Week 7 matchups. Let's get this thing started here, Slip. We're going to start off with John versus Mike. And that is going to be a horseshoe collector currently sitting at a two and four record versus Mike and points for win another two and four record team. Johnny is predicted at a one thirty point two six as it stands, while Mike only at a one thirteen point one three. John's favorite sixty five percent slip. Who you got? I mean, I'm I'm having a hard time really understanding this one hundred thirty point projection for a guy that just dropped seventy five last week. Uh, but maybe Yahoo's and their algorithms know more than I do, certainly. Um, I think I'm going to go against the trend here and say that Mike Norton shows up and vastly outperforms his 113-point projection. I feel like Deshaun can have a big day any day he steps on the field. Uh, Zeke in a high-scoring affair against a lousy Philly D. Uh, I just think I like the matchups on Mike's side this week. I'm going to take Mike as well. Um my hope is that he puts in Amari Cooper over Joe Mixon. We'll see if he does that or not. But I'm going to take him as well. He's going to go on a three-game positive bender here. Um, and I think he's just going to outperform uh, Johnny too much. That 130 is way too many points. Uh, I know Rodgers is facing Oakland, but Oakland's pretty difficult there. Um, and he hasn't been scoring a lot of points recently, and he's going to need Rodgers to score points if he wants a chance to win here. Um, so I'm going to stick with you there and take Mike as well. All right, moving along here, we're going to go to a Mr. Brad versus Jared. Connor Air, a 3-3 record uh, versus Miles of Chubb, a 2-4 record. Bradley's projected at a 126.86 points. And Jared, only a 119.90, not too surprising, has lost the last couple of weeks. Uh, Brad is favored at a 56%. Who you got? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Brad this particular matchup. Uh, you know, Jared's got his studs of uh, Nick Chubb and sometimes stud Mike Evans uh, on a bye this week. Seems to be a little bit of a depleted roster. Uh, Brad is missing James Conner, who is a mainstay at the running back position. Uh, but he's got enough guys to sub in that I think he can probably uh, uphold that projection. I'm going to go with the favorite here and say, Brad, this pulls pulls this one out. It's going to be a close matchup, I think. Um, but I do think Brad emerges victorious uh, at the end of week seven. I'm taking Brad as well. I think he's going to have too much firepower. My hope is he puts in Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz. That is to be determined. But I do think this is finally the week slip, finally the week. Um, that Hopkins gets on the board. He finally puts up some points that he his number one uh, or um, round one um, draft status provides him. A uh, couple touchdowns for him this week. And I really, really like his wide receivers, Thielen, Shark, and Galladay, not to mention Jacobs coming off of a bye against Green Bay. And then carry on Johnson. I do think he does pretty well against that tough Minnesota defense, but I think it's too much firepower from Bradley this week. And unfortunately, my sometimes co host goes down to two and five. So, all right, moving forward, we have um, Pittman versus Chaz. No rushing collusion, a two and four record versus the true third solid six and oh record. 
Um, true third sitting at a 126.64 projection while Pittman's only at a 110.42. Rather low there for him. Uh, Chaz's favorite 64%. I don't even know why I'm asking, but who you got? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, the best takeaway from this game was I really wish we could watch the two of these guys in the same room as they watch these <laughs> matchups be carry on because that would probably be a, a great entertainment experience. Um, I mean, I, I know Chaz is missing his number one playmaker in Christian McCaffrey this week. Rest up, CMC. I'm sorry we're, Norv's giving you the ball 40 times a week, but I hope you can last till January. Um, I mean, I just think Chaz has just got too much. I mean, his defense, his second-best player, is facing a lousy New York Jets offense, albeit with their starting quarterback finally back. But, uh, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson can can carry this team and – it's not a very imposing team when you look at it, or at least a lineup, I guess, this week with a couple guys out. But uh, I look over on the other side of the of the matchup board and Pippen's team. I think Chaz said it best. Uh, just not very good. So going with Chaz. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick with this. I mean, he's got Carolina's defense in right now. They're not even playing this week. I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve, uh, but he's going to have to get rid of someone. So it'll be interesting to see who he drops. Uh, maybe he drops Phillip Rivers because he's sitting on his bench right now. I don't know why. Uh, you got to play Phillip Rivers. Um, but we'll see, what, uh, we'll see what the cop ends up doing. I think this is rather easy uh, win for, for Chaz there, despite New England only scoring nine points. I think they're only going to get nine points out of this, but I don't think he even needs New England to score to win this game. So, I'm going to take Chaz as well. I think that was a fairly easy uh, pick there. So, all right, moving forward, we got Brian versus Rusty. Sherlock Mahomes, a 5.1, or, or excuse me, a 5-1 and one record. Uh, watch what you say, Quan, at a 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Toughest matchup of the week um, as far as projections here. Brian Sinan, 130.11. Rusty at 133.58. Uh, 53% favorite there for Rusty. Who you got? I mean, I think I've got to, to double down on what I said last week about Brian's team. This just, this just feels like a year that he finds a way to win games. I mean, I think we saw it last week where he, he pulled out a tight one, and uh, it just seems like he does just enough each week to get a win. And uh, he, he's got a, a he's got his, a stable of Chiefs going this week. He's got his boy Tyreek back and got LaShawn McCoy going, so three Chiefs in the lineup. Um, you know, Thursday night, I know he'll be glued to the TV tomorrow night. Uh, I think he's probably expecting to have about a 50-point lead against Rusty, give or take, after Thursday night's game. Uh, Rusty's got Saquon coming back. Will he meet his 19-and-a-half-point projection coming off a high ankle sprain? Uh, he certainly healed mighty fast, but I don't know if that's <laughs> necessarily uh, to be expected. Uh, Le'Veon Bell just hadn't quite been who we thought he was. A tough matchup with he and Robbie Anderson against the the Patriots. Uh, I feel like this is the matchup that Brian wins. Yeah, I contemplated quite a bit here. I think this is going to be a very good game. But what every time I look over at Brian's squad, I'm like, he's got he's got two guys on his team. That's it. He's got Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Everyone else is pedestrian, or ha- or at least has been, minus Austin Hooper, who he picked up off of waivers one week because I tried to grab him. Uh, Hunter Henry's been going bananas too. 
Um, so he's got two tight ends in his lineup this week. Pulling the old John trick, I hear you. Pulling the old John trick. Uh, I don't. I just don't think it works as much as I hate to say it because I need Rusty to lose considering he's in my division. I do think Rusty pulls this one out. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to have a heck of a day again. He's got the Robbie in there. He's got to make that decision. Hopefully he goes to Robbie Woods there against Atlanta. But I, I think uh, Waller helps him over, get over the hump there. Um, and I think Fournette does the job as well. And I think Rusty pulls this one out very similar to 133 to 130. It's going to be a tight game within five points, I say. So we are on opposite agreement there. Um, I'm going to take Rusty on that one while you take um, Brian there. All right, moving on to the final matchup, the one that I only care about for the rest of the week, and that is me versus you, Slip, two girly, one cup, a four and two record versus turn your head and golf, a one and five record. I am currently projected at 123.15, and you got me 127.86, a favorite of 54% slip. I know I don't have to ask, but I will anyways. Who are you taking and why? Well, I was uh, I was questioning your numbers because I'm pulling it up here live as we speak, and for some reason, Alshon Jeffries now projected at a zero for no particular reason. Uh, yeah, it did go down to 116, so I got my numbers prior to the podcast beginning. Yeah, not sure uh, what that's and, all about, but that wouldn't surprise me because Alshon hates me. Every time he's on the bench, he seems to score, so – uh, we'll figure that out tomorrow, but uh, yeah, it says he's healthy. Assuming he, he plays because I'm trying to win a 12 pack. Um, I think I sort of like my matchups this week. I mean, if Jared Goff is ever going to bounce back, it's going to be against a terrible Falcons defense. So I got to like that matchup. I feel yeah. like Gallup is going to be a shootout in Philly. Um, you know, Kittle's starting to come on finally after you tried to beat me down on the trade block up for him. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this is – if my team is going to make a move, this is the week to do it. And when your back's against the wall, sometimes you get your best performances. I don't really have any other cliches to throw at it, but I feel like I feel like I need to win this week. Well, first of all, I think we need to clarify for the other GMs on the Kittle trade block thing. I offered you a trade, and you never got back to me on that. So let's be clear about that trade and what happened there. Uh, as far as my matchup goes, I think you're right. I do think golf turns it around, but I think he throws it to Cooper Cup and or Todd Gurley. Crossing my fingers, hopefully that guy plays. Um, but I, I think I got too much for you this time. Tyler Lockett has, hasn't had a solid game lately. I think he bounces back this week. My big concern is going to be David Johnson and Todd Gurley again, but I do – I do think that they pull out just enough points for me. Um, and I think I get some help finally from David Montgomery, who hasn't done shit all year for the Bears. But coming off of their bye week, I do think he puts in a performance that we remember. And I come across the finish line victorious. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of hot routes and hot takes fantasy football podcast we thank you all for listening and slip finish it off for us dodge injuries and guess right take care boys
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Just as a reminder, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a way to do that. Please go to anchor.fm website or the Anchor app, search Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. There you can leave us what's called a voice message. We'll receive that message, and if we like what we hear, we may feature it on next week's podcast. For all of us here at the Hot Routes and Hot Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, dodge injuries and guess right.